Crackheads, welcome back to the Crack House Podcast. We are at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. Today we are brought to you by Old Arroyo Entertainment, specializing in audio recording and photography. And as always, Big Pine Comedy Festival this September 19th through the 22nd in Flagstaff, Arizona. Producer Buck, what's going on, man? Dude, uh, nothing. I just, I guess I started tying my shoes a little different. That's good. Yeah, works finally, well. Finally learning. That's great. That's fantastic. And you're also learning to do a little more hosting duties because, again, it's you and I hosting oh, yeah. for the funny man, Robert Powell. That's right. Awesome dude, too. Dude, this guy was hilarious. Another great interview with someone who went to college, which is not always the case for us comedians, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got a great job working with the mayor. Yeah, down making, in New Orleans. I'm down in New Orleans, making great money, living it up at 23, decided, you know what? I'm going to leave this cushy lifestyle and go chase this dream. And he's had some amazing stories along the way, and he tells them in this interview. And I, th- and I think people are really going to appreciate him. I mean, the guy got his first acting gig. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Bibby yeah. on Atlanta. Yeah, Bibby on Atlanta. The barber, yeah. Yeah, and he might... He might be up for an Emmy. Yeah. For this his was a first great role. episode. Yeah. And the story that goes along with him getting this role is fascinating. And uh, if you're looking to become an actor or a comedian, please listen to this episode. This is Buck and myself with the talented Robert Powell. Hey guys, welcome uh, crackheads and maybe new listeners to the uh, House of Comedy Crack House podcast brought to you from uh, Cloudy today and actually pretty nice uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I am your host, Jack Galvin. And, uh, again, we are missing out on our other co-host, Matt Broom. He is, uh, I think last time it was Disneyland, now it's um, SeaWorld, I believe, Buck? SeaWorld, right? The word on the street, that it's is SeaWorld. what I heard. Yeah. And so uh, with me now today is uh, hosting with me alongside uh, Buck. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm pretty good, man. Thanks for letting me talk again. Oh, well, we like when you talk. You bring a little bit to the table. I think, uh, you know, we don't, get the, we don't get to clean up at the end as much, but you're just cleaning up along the way, which is awesome. Yeah, just tidy as I go. You know, that's how it is. And I'm super excited for our guest today. Uh, our guest, you've seen him on the Shack All-Star Comedy Jam. He's Louisiana's comedy, uh, Comedian of the Year. Tours with Ron, Wright, or Ron White, Kevin Hart, and many more. Please welcome Robert Powell. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody sit down. Everybody chill. Chill. Not that big of a deal. So how is how is uh, Arizona treating you so far? Um, actually, not too bad so far. It's um, cloudy today, so I'm not baking like yesterday. It, so, was, yeah. it was hot yesterday. It was a little hot. It was hot yesterday. 108, yeah. I think, yesterday yeah. you got to. Yeah. And this is only my second time ever being in um, Phoenix, Arizona, so... You, you have to come here to prepare for it, and, and you just can't prepare for it, really. You, you can't prepare for right. it. And you, I, don't, I don't think I've ever even been to Vegas, so, like, I very rarely come out to the desert, to the desert. at all. Yeah. And, and it is not and it's not a heat like it. No, I mean, if you, were, if you bring shorts and a tank top, you're still not prepared for 110. doesn't matter. You have to be just sitting right. and immersed in a pool yep. to feel comfortable at all. I didn't bring not one pair of um, <laughs> shorts you with me. You didn't bring either. shorts? <laughs> so you're not going to jump in the pool at all this weekend? You got that beautiful pool at the condo and you're not going to take a dip? I, I didn't bring anything. I should have. <laughs> they got bathing suits everywhere. You can get them at gas stations I, I need out to, here. I need to. I saw that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, actually spo- it's actually supposed to rain tomorrow. So you're going to lo- yeah. get to see the desert at its best, which I think is after a rain. It smells amazing. It looks amazing. So you're going to get the yeah, whole... Yeah, if you like wet dirt, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get. No, I'm not talking about the dirt. I'm talking about the cactuses and the mountains. Yeah, I hear you. I just, you know... Um, what brought you here the last time? 
Um, it, it had to be comedy. comedy. I mean, yeah, that's the only reason why I move. Um, <laughs> yeah. I try not to leave the house unless it's for that. Um, yeah, I think it had to be had to be comedy. Just doing a show out here? I, I forgot where it was. Was it at one of the other clubs? Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. Stand up live, ten p.m. Prof. One of those big ones or a comedy uh, spot? Um, I mean, I don't want to watch it. If you don't remember, that's cool. I know, but it don't that don't that don't neither one of those ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Nope. Up, Scott, so. But it was a whole weekend though. It was so, a whole weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I think it was Fingers Out Zone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure. It's hard. It's hard to forget that. But um, this morning we got to talk a little bit when we we're taking in the radio, and one of the things we like to talk about in here is is just how we got into comedy because we want comics to listen to this, get inspired, maybe learn a thing or two like that. So can you tell us about where your comedy journey started for you? Um, well, kind of at the really be- the beginning. Um, yeah. When I was about three or four years old, um, my mom would wake me up at night. At nighttime to come and retell the jokes for her and her friends that I told to her earlier in the day. So we always knew that I was gonna be funny. I was always the class clown. I was always getting suspended for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you getting suspended just for telling jokes? I got it. Before? I got it. I got. I got suspended or expelled every year from <laughs> from pre, from pre K to the ninth grade. Every year. Every year. Every year I was kicked out of school. Every year from the pre K from four years old I got kicked out of pre K. Wow. Expelled yeah. for calling a meeting. For calling a meeting? Yeah, absolutely. I went from classroom to classroom uh-huh. and told these people this was day, the day before text messaging or cell phones <laughs> or even email. And yeah. com- no, confusing, or no confusing classroom. Yeah. I'm 37 years old. Anyway, so um, I go from classroom and say that the principal would like to see them all after school. And because I kind of um, worked in the office, because my aunt worked in the office, yeah. they assumed that this was true. Yeah. yeah. So all these teachers made preparations <laughs> to stay after school. Face, you know? yep. so they, all made they all made preparations. That they called babysitters at home. Oh, wow. And they all were in the cafeteria after school. And then the principal just stumbles in there. Yeah. Like 45 minutes after they sit there waiting on them, saying, what are all y'all doing here? <laughs> Not knowing that they had a meeting. I got expelled for that. Was that, that the, was that the kind of things you were getting expelled for? Yeah. Mainly practical Jokes, maybe talking out. Right, class, absolutely. Nothing, nothing I always, yeah. Bad. And how old were you when you did that? that was, I was four years old. Four years old. I was four years old. Absolutely. I made I made the paper for that. As a matter of fact. <laughs> well, because what four year old has the mindset to right. sit there and yeah. plot, and, and because my aunt and because my aunt worked there, they took it for serious because I was always in and around the office because uh-huh. my aunt worked in the front office. I mean, so your aunt just sending you around. That's, yeah, I was like a pre- I was a preschool teacher. For eleven years, really, PE teacher. Wow. And I, <laughs> I didn't meet one four-year-old in that eleven years that could have ever accomplish told you something like that. Never. Wow. Not that I would have believed it either. Right. Why would I believe that? Well, Even it was before email, there. and so you're yeah. looking at it from an email and text messaging yeah, standpoint yeah, right, that you right. know you would have got an alert, yeah. but there is no alert. <laughs> no, you know what I'm right. talking about? Or that you would have got a piece of paper. There was no piece of paper flowing that yeah. fast back then. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It just was not. This is in 1985. 85, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, there, okay. there was no, there was not, not one computer in the classroom. <laughs> I mean, in the school. <laughs> so I don't think it had an intercom. Yeah, like, it, was mean, just, it just not, really yeah. was that bad. Yeah. Then the next time there actually was an emergency, right? Four year old, they're like, we got right, it, by that yeah. Nope. But I really did get kicked out of school and a lot, yeah. <laughs> and but I was always a class clown. And then around the ninth grade, we realized I was kind of smart too. So then that kind of took off. And I went to college and did that whole thing. I got into politics. You did? Um, mm-hmm. What college did you go to? ULM, okay. the University of Louisiana Monroe, and I left there and went to TCU for a little while, okay. and I left there um, and went to work. I got a job in the mayor's office where I'm from. Uh-huh. I worked for the mayor for five years. He's still a mayor to this day, as a matter of fact. Great guy. 
Um, I left there and went to go work for the state during the Barbara Jindal administration. I okay. stayed there for almost two years. And I left there and did this full time. Now, I was always kind of doing comedy when I was working in the mayor's office, but I couldn't do too much of it. Cause just like I, mics and stuff? Or? Yeah, I just could I didn't want to embarrass him, um, some of the things I could say, because right. I worked directly for him, directly in the mayor's office. and That's respectable. Yeah. To have so you couldn't really thought. do too much of it. And I couldn't. So I kind of was like smothering it a little bit, but. Did you feel like you couldn't say what you wanted to? Oh, yeah, to, like, I certainly couldn't do that. Certainly yeah, couldn't yeah. do that, right. Yeah. So I wasn't really doing too much comedy in that time. But yeah. when I walked away from everything in 2000, the end of 2012, December 12, 2012, matter of fact, yeah. um, and started doing comedy full-time, I devoted just everything to that. Quit your job. Quit, I mean, quit walked away from it. everything. Sold everything, um, <laughs> lost everything. Cause I'm when, saying, I for the, when I worked for um, Bobby Jinder, I, I had a drop-top Porsche and a truck. It would yeah. just drive my Porsche so on the weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely. Were successful. I was about 26 years old. I had 12 windows 26? in my office. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. making about $80,000 a year. And you're talking about 8000 in Louisiana, too, by the way. Not Arizona. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm talking about in Louisiana. Do you know? You what it, oh, my goodness. <laughs> if we even Googled what the comparison for that salary is, yeah. like what it would take to make here for $80,000, it would probably be 150 here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because yeah. in Louisiana, man, I mean, everything is just way much more. I saw that in the grocery store today. Just, like, yeah, I saw that in the grocery store. Like, so, even, 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 and this is going to sound so trivial, but it's just a little, it's just a little microcosm of how much more expensive things are here. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all Cokes are um, th- three for $14, Yeah, right? And the woman say that's pretty standard. At home, it's like three for eight. Three, oh, really? Three packs of that's three big, packs that's a, that's of That's a big difference. Right, yeah, that's a huge difference, right? Yep. That's almost damn near 50% almost. And we're pretty close to Scottsdale, so it's obviously where we're right. right. It's going to be right. more inflated, it's right. but still, though, even in Phoenix, it's still going to be inflated. Right, way more in Texas and way more in Louisiana. So so at this time, I was balling out of control. But like I told you earlier, I lost my friend, and that kind of snapped me in the, this thing to where I knew I didn't have forever to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I just started... Um, just going to do comedy wherever I could. And could but you, you didn't really have anything lined up, though, when you started. No, no, so you hell no. Start Absolutely off. not. I, had, I didn't have a thing. And that's how I lost everything. I, I wound up living in my truck. Yeah. Because if you talk to most comics, especially like myself, I started later in life, 32, but I started because I, I didn't have anything. I wasn't balling it up. I wasn't, no. I wasn't successful in any real aspect. I was a teacher for a long time, which obviously brought a lot of, you know, uh, self-respect for myself and I loved doing it, mm-hmm. but I had nothing saved and nothing done. So I right. think to, for what you did is more brave than what any of us did. Cause you, yeah. you were, you were there yeah. and obviously you were doing something that you kind of enjoyed cause you went to school for it. Oh yeah. I, I actually, I liked it. I actually enjoyed working in politics. I still enjoy like dabbling in it, but not really being in it today. But I knew that I had to go and um, dedicate a little bit of myself to my time and making myself great. So I walked away from everything and, I mean, I don't. Regret, I don't think I ever regretted one day. Not at not at its hardest. No, um, not, not at its hardest. So when I did start doing comedy, um, like full time, I would spam different people. I would watch different um, stand up sets, and I would watch the credits at the end, not the sets. I'm the looking for the credits to write, write the name down of the producers, the executive producers, oh, the consultant producers, right? And then I find those people and I spam those people. See now, a lot of people like to spam the star. Yeah. You are wasting your data. You know what I'm talking about? You wait you just wasted yourself an email, right? Because they don't maybe, but you got way better chance because these producers, don't nobody know who the fuck they are. Can I curse on it? Oh, yeah, okay. 100%. So don't nobody know who they are, right? 
And they're not getting that many email things, not as many as you think. So yeah. I'm spamming those people, and I feel like I need to do that every single day. Well, eventually I spam one of the producers on the Shaq All-Star special, uh, a lady by the name of Tamara Goins. And I spammed the shit out of her. I spammed Jeff Clanigan, who's now the president of Lionsgate. Uh, he he owned the Shaq All-Star tour. He owned okay. the tour. It's just Shaq's name on it, licensed from Jeff Clanigan. Anyway, so Jeff Clanigan, who's now at Lionsgate, Tam- Tamara Goins, um, I, I spammed them a lot. Then eventually they said, you know what, we're having a competition for the last spot on this tour. Um, on the Shaq All-Star Tour, which is a huge tour. Yeah. They're they doing 3,500-seaters every time they go out. Yeah. That's just a fact, right? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And it was a big tour for a long time. It's the tour that elevated Kevin Hart yeah. and oh, D-Ray yeah. Davis. And I'm very good friends with both these people. They'll tell you that. Gary Owens, who mm-hmm. will tell you that this tour, Michael Blackson will tell you that this yep. tour elevated him. Monique, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, they having the last slot. So this is like a dream, right? They're inviting 50 comics from all over the United States. Um, and I got a slot to go and compete, right? Um, but you got to get here on your own and everything's on your own. Yeah. So I borrow money. I borrow 600 bucks to drive 14 hours to go and compete in the thing. Now, what they told us was that they was going to film it. Film your five-minute set, all 50 of y'all. And so we started at 10 o'clock in the morning, by the way, and that shit went to like 7 o'clock at night. Anyway, really? So they're going to film all 50, yeah. put it on YouTube, and let YouTubers decide on the Shaq's Comedy Network who the winner would be, right? <laughs> I figured there's no way I'm winning this. Right. You already got a 2% chance of winning because... It's 50 motherfuckers in it, yeah, right? Exactly. So you just do simple math. And then <laughs> you got to figure that a lot of these people have been on television already. Like, I recognize these motherfuckers. Yeah. So now your chances are 1%. They're already starting above you. Yeah. Right when someone clicks on the... Then we're going to put it on YouTube and all these YouTube stars and shit, and you don't have a fan base at all. You just came from a fucking office. Yeah. So now you're already... So I say, you know what? I'll go. I'll get the good tape because they're taping it professionally, and maybe I'll meet some producers, shake hands, et cetera, et cetera. So I go. I go on 4th. Um, about 11 o'clock in the morning I do 4 minutes and 39 seconds I go sit in the audience to watch everybody else Right? Yeah. When I'm sitting there this lady come touch me on my shoulder Her name is Terry Stacy Greenup And she said I need to see you in the hallway Number 22 was on stage at this point by the way So there's still 30 Yeah it's still or, like 20 something Absolutely, oh, wow. Absolutely. Um, I met my best friend at this competition As a matter of fact I'm getting ready to be the best man in his wedding We were competing against each other His name is Sidney Castillo Uh He was in this competition He won TBS's Funniest Wins after this He won $100,000 on the show Marlon Wayans And he's actually on Marlon Wayans' show And he's one of the head writers on Marlon Wayans' show Anyway, so I met him at this competition, right? Uh So he was like number 28 He hadn't even went yet (laughs) The person that would go on to be my best friend from six years ago Yeah, that's amazing So I'm sitting there We go in the hallway She said the producer said that you won And they wanted to know... um, if you could start tonight I said I beg your pardon She said yeah They said you won And well, know if you could start tonight I was like well how did I win If y'all told me that y'all was going to put it on YouTube Because yep. you know We was going to vote it out on that She's like yeah They said they saw all they need to see Want to know if you could start tonight I was like but they told me That they was going to put it She said do you want this job or not That's exactly what she told me I said yeah I'll be right here yeah. And I did not leave the building yeah. This was a, at about 4.30 She told me this Spent some time in that building. I did absolutely. I had nowhere else to go. I couldn't get a room. I couldn't get nowhere to stay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't afford a room, right? Right. And it actually took me five hundred and fifty dollars. Guess what? Another person in the competition, a guy by the name of Kevin Klein, bought me a sandwich that day. Yeah. Um, and I never seen him again. You never saw him again. He bought me a sandwich, (laughs) congratulating me for winning. Yeah. And I never saw him again after that. I've never seen him again after that. (laughs) 
yeah. ever. It was very nice of him, though. So anyway. Um, well, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. So I started that night on the Shack All-Star Tour. So I went from doing maybe 40 or 50 people a night in club or, yeah. or somewhere to 3,000 people every night. Yeah. I went from making $200, maybe sometimes 150 to $3,000 a show every night. That's un- and they was like, yeah, we got three shows next weekend. I went from living in my truck, uh-huh. right, yeah. to then we had one weekend of shows that February of 2013 to just like that. Boom. So when I got when I got that $9,000 check, we had three shows that weekend, and it yeah. wasn't a full 9000 because of the way they pay you, right? Yeah. Um, if we got multiple shows on a the theater, they don't pay you to travel again. They don't pay you that, right? So your first show, that first show is like that four or three thousand but that second show is like 75 percent of that okay right so then if we do a show that next night if we do a friday night though you back to your three back grand your, okay you know what i'm saying yeah so it wasn't the full nine but anyway it was whatever you were loving nice, life <laughs> you talking about balling out of control i yeah. went nah i went about two couches and shit <laughs> oh man two i went and got all type of shit for real you t- uh, nine thousand dollars to a poor person is a lot of money. Oh, I, I mean, it just I, it I just nine thousand dollars right now would change my life. It just was really, it just was a really lot. And you talking about somebody that came here living in their truck? Yeah, yeah right. Came here living in their truck. So was you're going. Was it, a nice truck? <laughs> it was actually it was a yeah. Ford F one fifty. Okay, so oh, that right. I just right. stopped that I just stopped paying the note on, and then they want a repossession. Really? I never got it back neither. Once no? you started making money, you're like, I'm walking away from the truck. No, 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 no. Well, I was already so far behind on it because oh, of right. this hole that I got in, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And they finally caught it. <laughs> yeah, I can't stay in the same place for two weekends anyway. They'll catch up with the truck. <laughs> I've, had a few, I've had a few cars repossessed, so I understand uh, that pain. So, what, so what is it, what's the first show like in front of that audience? How does, how does that first show go? Uh, you mean, done to shit yourself. <laughs> um... To fast forward, not to fast forward too much, but Tamara Goins, the lady that I wind up spamming, is now my agent. Oh, really? And she's the head of comedy at Innovative. She wasn't even an agent then or even think about being an agent. She just went ahead and became an agent, and now she's my agent. She's also Tony Rock's agent and DC Youngfly and Tony oh, yeah. Roberts and How Bill Bellamy and um, Lavelle Crawford. And um, big, she's got a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Red Grant and Michael Blackson. And um, yeah, she's... Um, so now she's that, yeah. Yeah. How'd you find where to actually spam them at? Like, I know you well, I would Google them, them and then I and then I and then I start Googling them, right? Uh-huh. And I start finding Facebooks and Facebooks. If you look at the about, it'll be an email there, and then or I go to IMDb and if you um or eventually an email is gonna pop up, whether it be an article or whether it be something they did on a vlog. They yeah. gave an interview years ago and forgot they gave their email, yeah, yeah, uh, something yeah. like that. And, yeah. I, and I would find it. And that's what, I spent my days doing that. I yeah. spent my days doing that. I, I, I live off $20 a week, I remember. Oh, wow. um, $20 a week. Absolutely, for, for food. Yeah, I would live off $20 a week for food. And I could eat about 3 to $4 a day. And I would eat McDou- McDoubles every day. I just got McDouble yeah. uh, with no pickles, no onion, Big Mac sauce. I yeah, still eat them hoes now. Big Mac sauce. <laughs> yep. You add the Big Mac sauce to a McDouble, I, I you got it made. Yeah, it's like yep. a little Big Mac. No pickles, no onion at, at, at um, Big Mac sauce, and you got it made. You know they so, started charging a quarter for that. Yeah, that, that it infuriated me. Yeah. Do you understand me? But, oh, but, but, like, but at this time, at this time, they weren't charged for it, so I would, you know, that would be my go-to. Yeah. And, and Costco um, or Sam's. Right up front where they got the hot cheap dog um, hot dog. Yeah, absolutely. Coke? Yeah, yeah. That was my yeah. spot. Damn. I mean, that, that, if you always had that kind of way about you, that kind of discipline, everything that you went into, because that, that that's discipline. 
Yeah, no, I didn't. Really? No, I didn't know. Again, it took my friend dying in that motorcycle accident. Yeah. Because me and him was planning life like we had till 80, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then when you realize you don't, you're like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I got sick of the rat race. I honestly do not understand how anybody do it, and I don't think life was meant to be led that way. I, I, I'd, I rather live in the, I'd rather live in the truck. I tell people that all the time. I'd rather live in the truck. I'm never going to do it again, thank God, but yeah. I would rather live in the truck. Yeah. I, I was... I was the boss at my job, and I'm not lying. To you. you can Google this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, I, like I, I'm not trying to like feel free. Matter of fact, you can call the mayor's office and ask to, <laughs> and ask to speak to me, and, and I guarantee you, they say he don't work here no more. Like, so I'm not lying to you, right? I was yeah. the boss. I had when I turned 23, I had like 2,000 employees, right? Wow. Way too much power. Yeah. I swear to God, this happened in New York just this past weekend. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl comes to see me that that grew up with me in my hometown, and she's telling my agent and my manager about. The time I got her out of jail And my manager My agent said You used to get people Out of jail And you don't talk about that In your stand up You had enough power At the age of 23 To get people out of jail I was like, Oh I was getting people Out of jail all the time I was fixing tickets This yeah. thick Piles This thick That's too much power that's, For a young That's crazy power That's crazy yeah, power For a young I could handle like you it. Doing some good with it Yeah though, you well know. you know Get your friends out of jail <laughs> shit. I had forgot I had did that for too. I was like oh yeah I forgot about that It infuriated them though oh, They were sure. like Do you know Cause in, in Hollywood That's gold Cause you actually did it Yeah and That's what they look for That authenticity You got a young cat That was yeah. doing that kind of shit at 20. Anyway Yeah So I, I felt like I needed to walk away from that life, even though I was the boss and I had a good thing going. I just saw them people sitting in cubicles outside my office. And one woman was like, I've been there 13 years. Like, You've been in this box for 13 years? Yeah. Yeah. You've been here for 15 years? Like, I just never really thought that it, I could, it I can't mean, be. I, mean, I, th- I think the unemployment rate should be 100%. And everybody should just be yeah, it shouldn't be four percent. Like, oh, we got the unemployment rate down to four percent. No, it should be a hundred percent. Everybody should be unemployed. Yeah, that should be our goal. Our goal <laughs> should be to find a way for all of us not to work no more. That's yeah, right. yeah I right. just really don't understand that rat race shit. No, and then the offices. The best example of the office just being a generally unpleasant place is when the fire drills go off. The fire alarm goes off. <laughs> oh my god! Don't you feel like a cow? <laughs> Nobody even moves though. Like really? Just like I'm ready for it to burn. You know? Like they stay in the <laughs> Hey, fuck! I'm going <laughs> down. <laughs> this though, piece like, of the shit. The fire alarm went off. I was like, hell yeah, we're going outside. Right. No. People yeah. Were like I don't even have the will to live enough to go out in the sunshine anymore. Damn. I'm just in this It happened to me Two or three times I Wow was like, I ran out of the office It becomes so routine God, I hate it It's that. how people become miserable It's become Same old rigmarole Same old rigmarole I watched this YouTube series Of these people Living frugally in this van mm-hmm. They look so happy Do you understand me? These people living in this van Look so happy You mm-hmm. just would not Fucking believe you Give up some creature comforts But you get a lot of happiness In return Absolutely I don't understand free. the stress of Could you imagine the stress Of being a car salesman And having yeah. to hit a goal Every month no, and, and, and then these people Are breathing down your neck Like you need Who else could you Fucking email I've emailed All my family I've already sold All them cars this year yeah. Like who else do I know And they breathing down your neck Sell another Honda yeah. Sell another Sell another Sell another if they're not buying a car from you, they're buying it from someone else. Right. I'm like, how often do you buy a car? Right, you know, absolutely. Like, no, call, yeah. call the people you bought cars six months ago yeah. and, and, they, and send them something to make, like, the pressure on those car sales or insurance people to hit a quota and all that shit. Just sales in general. I've in done it. general, I, I, it, 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 there's, there's, I have no drive to go out there and sell something. Yeah. That is not me. Like, I think that's what's nice about comedy is right. we're all still kind of salesmen in a way. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but, but it's at you. least we're selling ourselves. Absolutely. And just like you were talking about earlier, you, you helped so many people 
you raised up so many people in their career mm-hmm. and men and, and got them to where they needed to be and it was time for you and I think that's why we all get into comedies because yeah. I mean most of us we want to you know we want to look out for ourselves and do what we want to do and lift up and I think that's it's important well, that you, that people hear these kind of stories though that you were successful you were doing it yeah but you still chose you yeah I still had to jump you still had to jump I still had to, still had to jump <laughs> yeah Steve Harvey gives this um this great um I don't know if it's an anecdote or whatever, but it's about jumping off this cliff, basically. And it's about it's a story about how you basically just have to jump. It's very good to listen to if you want to hear this like yeah. five or six minute motivational thing. It's really really good. It's about out. jump. If you you can stay on the cliff all your life if you want to, but the people that make it are the ones that jump. Yeah. And you can't just sit there. So I was determined to go and do it. And from the shack thing, um, we tour, I did that tour for four years. Um, and then did um, a tour Mike else for a little while till he fired me because he's bipolar. <laughs> and then <laughs> at least he admits it, yeah. good guy. Yeah. And then I left there and, and started touring on my own. I toured with Earthquake for a little while, who's okay. also a fantastic guy. Oh, I met, I, and then I, I, I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival. Yeah. Um, and then that worked out. I'm sure. Yeah. What did you do, New Faces? Or did you yeah, do I did New Faces. New faces yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And then I did um, Def Jam. Which which is a which is a I, which is a very short way to say it. But I was going. I went to L.A. and performed in front of Russell Simmons at his show that he does every Wednesday night at the Chinese Man Theater. So Russell Simmons' show is kind of like um, going to the Grammys or the Oscars, mm-hmm. right? But with nice clothes on. This yeah. is a fashion, fashion show. Yeah, okay. There will be famous people there without a shadow of a doubt. It will be an industry show. This ain't no regular comic night and maybe at the comedy house or comedy store there. You know how somebody will pop in. Oh, yeah. But it's still a grungy smoke. It's like yep. it's like a comedy field. Not this. This is the Grammys. Yeah. And Justin Bieber will be sitting right next to Chloe Kardashian. I'm telling you what's happened. Yeah. Next to Tony Braxton. That's the Russell Simmons. Next to fucking Tank. Next to Drew Hill. Next, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what's going to happen every week you go. Taylor Swift was there one week I performed. Oh, wow. I, that's, I met Drake there for the first time. Like, oh, that's shit. every week is that, right? <laughs> so, Russell does this show, and of course, famous people come because it's his show, and they have a red carpet every week and all that shit. I'm performing there, and Russell loved me and said, I want to put you on the Def Jam. Put me on Def Jam. Um, I taped that pilot episode. They didn't even know he was going to pick it up. Um, after the pilot, they picked up the other one. And Russell called back and said, I want you to do the first episode, too. I was like, that's absurd. Has yeah. anybody ever done two episodes in a row? He said, never. In 30 years. Nobody's ever done two episodes in a wow. row, and I did it. Um, this was before Russell got into his little tiffy. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I did that. Well, Stephen Glover, who's Donald Glover's okay. um, brother, is sitting up watching Def Jam one night and sees my set and calls his brother Donald Glover, who's the most talented person in the world, right? He's insane, yes. And he said, hey, you got to see this guy. On Def Jam, watch this. I'm gonna send it to you. Bye, boom, and he don't watch it because he's also the most busiest guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So then, <laughs> as soon as he gets a couple minutes. more days go by, like you really need to see this dude. You yeah. really gotta see this guy. Stephen insists, don't sit down and watches it, and loved it, and then sat down and wrote a whole episode of Atlanta for me. Really? Yep, the whole episode for me. Now, that would have been great had they told me that the whole episode was for me. Because what they told me was that Donald Glover wants you to be in this barbershop scene on Atlanta if you want to do oh, it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that shit. Good money. I'll run down there and do that. No yeah. big deal. I'm thinking I'm an extra in the show, so I don't even ask for a script. 
Oh. I mean, how many lines could I possibly fucking have uh-huh. yeah. in this barbershop sink? I don't even ask for it. Yeah. Um, and it happens all pretty fast. It all happens within 10 days. I go from not knowing Donald Glover to never seeing an episode of Atlanta in my life. Yeah. To somebody calls and say, do you want to be on Atlanta in an episode? I like a fucking course, and I'm on my way there to Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. So I still don't get a script. When I land, the first indication that it was bigger than what... I knew was that the guy picked me up said, um, he said, oh, you're going to love it. We got you a new trailer. Um, you're really going to, yeah, it's on the back lot where we put all the first team at. First team is the stars <laughs> on the show, right? So yeah. it's gonna, you're going to really love it. It's a really nice trailer. I'm thinking, why the fuck would an extra need a new double-wide trailer? <laughs> extras, yeah. yeah they got 500 trailers. Yeah, what the fuck would that be the thing for? Never hits me. So then I get to my. Then I get into the trailer the next morning at about six o'clock. We start filming at nine, by the way. Uh-huh. So I get there at six, oh, and I see the script, and I think it's very cool that my name is like watermarked in it because uh-huh. I've never been on set before. I've never acted in my life, by the way. Oh, Keep in mind, nothing. I've never acted. I've never even did any acting Class? classes. Oh, I've never had headshots taken. I've never been to any. I've never been on an audition. Yeah. I've never sent in for an audition. I've never put myself on tape. I've never wanted to act of any kind ever in my life. I've never had any desire to do that, right? Yeah. So I see the thing, and I thought that was cool that they watermarked my name. So I'm like, man, that's cool. I later find out it's because if you leak it, they'll know who did it. Yeah. Okay, I, didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. I thought shit was yeah, cool. Anyway. People found out why they do that. I start flipping, I start flipping through the shit. I was like, it's true. There's a lot of bibby in here. Maybe there's two bibbies. Must yeah. be two bibbies, right? Yep. I can't be the only bibby because there's a lot of fucking bibby in here. Nope. Turns out that's all you. And you needed to learn that. And on day one, you got seven pages of dialogue on this Golden Globe winning, two Emmy, two Golden Globe winning, Emmy nominated show. And guess who's directing your episode? Donald fucking Glover. He's he's oh he's he directed my episode. The only episode this year he's directing is yours, and he's gonna be ready to start nine fifteen. Good luck. Yep. And he's trusted you with a whole episode of his show. And by by a whole episode, I want you to. Has anybody seen it? Oh yeah, yeah. I love that show. I mean, my episode of Atlanta. I haven't seen you haven't episode. T- I haven't when seen I tell you yet. that, for the entire episode, it's just me. I'm not on screen for 15 seconds of the entire 30 minutes. That's it. That's it. Oh, I gotta, I, I'm not on. I'm not on screen for mm-hmm. 15 seconds, and we count it. You understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 <laughs> seconds. I went there thinking I was an extra. He's not even in it. He's not even in it? He's not in it. What it is, basically, in my opinion, is a very funny version of Funny Long with me and Paperboy. That's it. And I'm his barber. That's a fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that episode, actually. How'd it go? I mean... It went great. I I mean, the New York Times said I'm going to win an Emmy, if that helps. But so did the Washington Post, and so did the Huffington Post, and so did the Wall Street Journal. And Esquire said I was going to win an Emmy. And a matter of fact, Donald's on this list. Oh, He's on the list. There's a lot of <laughs> Cat Williams on this list. Um, this list is crazy. And in your first attempt, never because I, 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 that's one of my goals is to act. I do a lot of independent stuff here. Mm-hmm. I actually try to do it though, mm-hmm. not like you, where I just can evidently just do it <laughs> and be great at it. Mm-hmm. What can you go through the mindset of those three, four hours leading up to when you actually have to get out there and start working? Had what, a what panic attack. I'm trying to cram now, right? Yeah. I called my agent. Uh, I was with CAA at the time. I fired them because of this shit. I was with Principal Young, which is the biggest management company in Los Angeles. I fired them. I was furious, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Because I'm very particular about words. Um, and this is a very big shot for me. Y'all should have at least told me, right? Yeah. Like, God damn it, this is a big shot for me. Like, this man is trusting me with his show. He turned over his show to me. Yeah. The entire episode. The whole thing. 
I have four times as many words as anybody else in ever. And here's the other tricky part. There were no even no extras. In all of the other episodes of Atlanta, there were hundreds of extras. <laughs> in my episode of Atlanta, there are no extras. They literally follow me around doing stand-up comedy, basically. Really? They literally follow me around for 30 minutes. Uh-huh. They follow me to my barbershop. They follow me to my girl house. They follow me to have a conversation with my son. They follow me back to my barbershop. Really? That's what happens. And you just minutes. crammed it out. Yep. Scene by scene. This is the list, by the way. Scene by scene? Uh, I'm going to go back to it, but um, Tiffany okay. Haddish is number 11. This is a crazy list. You know Tiffany that? Haddish. Uh, um, this is Cat Williams. Um, Quavo. Quavo's on it? Mijos, yes. uh, oh, Uncle Willie from yeah, Atlanta, too. I mean, yeah. you're up there with some Jay big Paul name Getty, people. Um, it was number nine. I don't even know who that is. I'm not sure either. Fucking world. Tracy, from, uh, also from Atlanta. From Atlanta. Olivia Lake. Oh, there goes Sharon Stone right there. There's Sharon Stone. Six. Number six. <laughs> Barry. Bill Hader. I mean, really? Yeah. Bill Hader's? Right. Oh, snap. At number five. He's one of my favorites. At number five. Yeah. Jody at number four, and then yours truly. Huh. Bibby. Right. There's Bibby. Dang. Number two. Is Wait, was that Jody Foster at number four? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. snap. And number two is, I'm, I really don't know who the little kid is, but I'm either. sure he's very deserving. Yeah, Whoever I'm sure he, he sure. must have done then, something. And then number one is, oh, again, Perkins. that guy is, yeah, it's Donald Glover, right. Yep. That's amazing, dude. Right. Congratulations. Was, Congratulations for that. Teddy Perkins as himself on that Atlanta episode. Right. Did they let you improvise on that? They, go, they were, they were going to have to. They were, I mean, that, <laughs> that was just it. They were going to have to. Have to. And they were cool well, with it. I tried. Really fun. It episode. did, and he and, and Donald. Um, he was so, he was smart enough to um, realize what the problem was early on. He was smart enough to realize what it was going to take to get the best out of me. Okay. Um, by that, I mean. First of all, he realized that I'm a stand-up comic and I need a crowd, right? Yeah. So it get weird when it's just me and a camera this close to my face because I've never done this before. Yeah. I don't even make Instagram videos. I don't make sketches, nothing, yeah. right? I don't do none of that shit. Yep. So this right here is weird. So he notices this and he starts piling all the crew in. So I look around and oh, it's 600 okay. people. And we got pictures of this too. That's they fantastic. They show you what it looked like previous, before and after. Yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, that's what director's you. supposed to do. And, and the fact that he so, can, do, he, he found, figured that out and, and made you comfortable was amazing. I didn't even know he was doing it. Really? I didn't notice it. No, I didn't notice it until well, way later. Well, ro- there's a famous story about ro- um, Ronnie Dangerfield is on mm-hmm. the set of Caddyshack. He, he almost quit because he would do his lines and eventually he goes, he went off to the side and he goes, I'm going to leave. I can't do this anymore. Nobody's laughing at right. anything I'm saying. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're on set. They have to be quiet. They can't right. laugh they at you. Can't. He goes, but, but he goes, but that's how I tell if I'm being funny. He goes, right. how do I know if I'm doing it? Right. And they're like, you're doing it. Don't worry. Right. right. You know, they didn't no. bring a crowd around. Right. Him, but. but you're talking about somebody that probably had did comedy for 40 years before anybody put him on TV. Yeah, Roger exactly. Danger was like an old guy. Yeah. Right. So this is us um, right there. That's Donald right there in that head. Of course, and that's me. Okay. I think it was a prop lady. That's when that paper boy sitting in his chair. So you notice how nobody's around. Yeah. And then, um, again, people. Oh, wow. Slowly, oh, snap. He's, you know he's packing that place film. out. You know you can't film anything for television with oh, yeah, yeah. people in there. Yeah, that, that, that's that's usually not ideal. That's not right? what you want. You yeah. can film anything in here quietly yeah, in a exactly. barber and get a barbershop sound oh, yeah. if this many people's in this room, yep. let alone. But he knew I needed that, right? Uh-huh. So then I start thriving, right? Cause now I'm just telling jokes. Yeah, and he was able to capture that and put it on television. That's really that's, cool, man. And that, that you know, just to be able to, to to turn it around like that. That's that's why yeah. I just don't think I could ever. You know, people always I love acting. I love movies. That's something I don't think I could do. Why? Wow. Uh, not organized at all. 
Uh, um, Neither am I. Performing in them. The directing part of it. That part of it. I I I wouldn't know. I I can't direct either. Any of that kind of stuff. But no, acting, I want to act. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. I want to do that. So what about you? I started studying. Studying. I just started studying. Um... Acting. Oh, you like, did? Yeah, I started studying. Like, I, still, I started... Well, evidently, like, you need to be yeah, <laughs> number I mean, three. Yeah, <laughs> I started, I started cramming, like, um, studying great acting. I actually looked up techniques, like YouTube, and I, I was mm-hmm. going to do it like I was trying to put my car battery back together. Like, yeah. I mean, or my or alternator. You know how you go on how-to <laughs> yeah. YouTube? Yeah. I, yeah. I went through a bunch of them, and I started looking at techniques and all that good stuff. I still was far behind because everybody on the set of Atlanta are trained... <laughs> Thespians. Oh, yeah. I mean, these people, like, Paperboy. Um, yeah, he, he went to school. He got a master's from Yale Drama. Yale yeah. Drama for this shit, yes. <laughs> and and Don Glover went to school for this shit, too. Like, these are Thespians. These ain't just bullshitters. These are real life. New York City, matter of fact, Paperboy just got nominated for a Tony. Did he really? Yes, for a Broadway oh. show. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Good for him. No yeah. bullshit. For a Tony. <laughs> that those kind of like the and I tell people that they blow their mind because they see him as a rapper on the show. Yeah, course, that rap sir. is a Yale trained master's degree drama student. So everybody's serious. They know all the lingo. They know the you know the I don't know none of that shit. They know the thing so that the bing bam. I don't oh, know yeah. none of that shit. I've never even been on a television set. And I'm hoping they don't know and don't kick me off because it's the biggest opportunity of your life. Yeah. There is no bigger show right now, especially there may be a bigger show, but not for what I need. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. It can't, it's not a bigger show. For, it might be a bigger show like for somebody that needs a Nashville thing or, or you know what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. even a yeah. Caucasian comic or, 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 you know, or Indian comic. But as far as an African-American male, mm-hmm. my age, my demo, there is not a bigger show for me. Not even Empire, not even Scandal. No, 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 for no. Robert Powell, that's uh-huh. the biggest show you can get on. Mm-hmm. Not Comic View, not even Def Jam. Mm-hmm. There cannot be a bigger show than that one on TV. I can't think of another one. No. That's on TV right now. Yeah. Empire don't do it. That's a music show, yeah. and it's cheesy now. Right. So, and Glover's just killing it. Right, and, and, and everybody's going to watch because of him. Like, yeah. Empire don't even have the eyes that he has now. Mm. So you have the very biggest opportunity of your life, and that guy's <laughs> directing. Now, last year he directed one episode, and he won an Emmy for that episode, and he won a Golden Globe for that episode. That's also a fact that you can Google. He directed one episode yeah. last year. He won a Emmy. He directed one episode this year. That was mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how that we'll goes. We'll see how right? that goes. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool, man. So, so you're 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 working at it now. You're studying a little bit. What what's your next move in the acting phase? What are you gonna start doing? Oh, I studied before I started. Um, I, like I left oh, that you, night to oh, start studying. You started studying just yeah, for that. Absolutely, yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, Like when I found out that Monday, I, that night I did nothing but study. I started studying all that night. So I went back Tuesday, yeah. and I got better Wednesday. And I got better because every night when I was leaving there, I'm cramming. But see, that's that work I think I'm talking and about. And even like, between sets, even between while he's setting up, which you get a little while. Yeah, I'm cramming. I'm yeah. watching technique videos. But that, that that's the thing I'm talking about with the, with the discipline that you have. I mean that that not everybody's gonna take that moment and be able to still relish in it like you did yeah. and, and, and to get through it. I mean, if I was given a, a, a seven page, you know, with just it's my just stuff, day one. It, it, just day, that's what I'm saying, day just day one, one and, and, not, and not knowing it three hours, four hours before ahead of time. I mean, I don't know how you kept your composure, dude. That's unbelievable. I really did lose it. <laughs> this, because time, time management, you know, seems to be like the most challenging part. Like you want to, you got this opportunity less than 10 days. It goes from never never hearing of any of the pieces to it's oh right in your lap. How do you clear your schedule out, you know, to even find the time to give that every day? Uh, no, and, and people don't believe it, but that's actually triggered in what one more thing. You like 
you automatically think you know you just drop everything and go and you and you do but now here's the problem you have to drop shows that you were going to have with your regular income from mm-hmm. weekends right and your regular bills don't understand that Atlanta's not going to pay you to wait later yeah so now what do you do yeah right and that was a real issue cuz i was going to miss out on like $15,000 um just in the 4 weeks Alone, first four weeks alone of doing this. Yeah. But Atlanta don't pay you to way at the end. Yeah. Way at the end. Then after that, you know, because some TV shows don't be in no quick hurry. It's not like you just run through this office and grab a check, right? That no, shit yeah. has to take its way You're around. 20 days sometimes. Some shit. More. Yeah, absolutely, sure, right? Sure. So you still have bills, though. Like your rent people don't yeah. give a fuck about your Atlanta thing. No, that's right. So, <laughs> I mean, that was real tricky to where we had to tighten our belt around the house for that kind of shit and all that. But you, you got a big opportunity. You say no. Yeah, it's an investment. I mean, you got to do it. Yeah, you know, for same sure. thing as living out of your truck. It's like, yep, that's what I got to do to get started. So yep. I guess that's what I got to do. But a lot of people had sent me stuff to read before now and had sent me scripts to read or asked me to put myself on tape or come in audition. And I always turned them all down. Mm-hmm. And had Donald Glover asked me to come in audition for this too, I would have turned it down too. And not because I'm too good for his show, because that's absurd, right? It's because... I thought that they were too good for me, to be honest with you. Like, I don't want to waste your time coming up there mm-hmm. with me trying to show you. I'm not going to out-act anybody. No comic is going to out-act anybody. So my advice to comics would be to do what you do well, which is stand-up comedy, and then everything else will sprout from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart in every movie he's going to be in, yep. and so will Robert Powell. Like yeah. I was Bibby, to be honest with you. I am that guy. I just am. Yeah. I just I'm is, he is just me. That's cool though, because people love that character. They do, they absolutely yeah. do. But that was the only thing I was gonna be able to do was be myself because and then try to just be funny and act around what they had going on. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a stand-up comic, the best thing for you to do is to just be great at stand-up and everything else you want from that will come. And then you can decide what you want to do. Don't matter. If you want to sing like Jamie Foxx or you want to act like Jamie Foxx, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you want to, whatever you want to do. But if you do what you do well, yeah. Gabriel Iglesias said the same thing. He got tired of going on auditions and showing up, and it would be a bunch of other fat Mexicans there, yeah. right, that look like him. But he's the only one in there that's putting, you know, 5,000 people in the seats every night, right? Yeah. So he's a millionaire already sitting there. He said, I'm not going to no more auditions. If they want to hire me, then they'll hire me. If they don't, they don't. And that's the mentality I kind of adopted. Sure. I'm I'm going to focus on stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. If anything comes from that, then fine. But I'm not going to waste a bunch of money or gas going auditions or time or energy even. Yeah. I'm going to put all my energy into stand-up comedy. So while a lot of people are chasing a lot of pots, and it might be fruitful for them. Yeah. But again, remember, we're talking about happiness too. Yep. Right? This is the big part. So, yeah, yeah, it's a big part. Yeah. So I'm just going to do what I have to do, and then everything will come from that. And then I said, they, I thought they wanted me to come in and audition. I told them people I wasn't interested and auditioning for they said no this is a job offer yeah. they want you to be there on this day and this is the script that and this so role right. was written for you that's amazing that really is yeah yeah the, the, and just your ability just from listening to your story your ability to to to, to get be given these moments to rise to them yeah. is is incredible and I, and that's you know i think that's what we're all we all want as a comic. We want those opportunities, but we can't usually rise to them and stuff like that. And you want to hear about the ones that didn't work? Because uh, some flops. We love. We, we love there, to hear some flops. I tried out for Montreal four times. Four? Yeah. So when I tell people these stories, I don't want them to think that this shit just arrogantly fell together. Because again, hello, lived in a truck. That's right. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of shit didn't go right for that to happen. But yeah, so I tried to go to Montreal four times. 
in all four years. And that's on your own dime, too, because you would have to fly out and do the initial thing. Yeah. Hope you get called for that. That's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hope over the moon you get that first call. Yeah. Um, which I was happy to finally get, too. That took some years. So you have to go up to Montreal and no, no, they, ask to no, be they, in? Oh, no, 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 no. You don't ask to be in the just yeah, last exactly. First of all, they ask you invite, to audition, right? yeah. audition to come. Yeah. Okay. And then you pay your way to whatever city they tell you that they're holding auditions in. Yeah. Which um, would be L.A., New York. They do some Atlanta, Chicago. They might do five or six. Yeah. And then they'll get a club for a weekend just like this. Mm-hmm. And they'll have just left showcases, and they'll give people time, and then they'll pick people to move on. But it's like a four-tier process, and every time you're paying your own flight. Your own way, yeah. You're paying your own room, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And if you don't want to come, well, fuck you. Don't you come? Don't come. Yeah, right, we don't need you. I mean, right. right, we're Montreal, bitch. What you want to do? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, don't come. So you got to pay for this shit yourself. Yeah. Over and over again, I'm doing this shit. Uh-huh. Year, I'm happy to get the call again. I go flop. Um, and then I move on to the next level. And then they're like, well, we still like Robert. He did real well. But then he got to that last level, and it was kind of iffy. We'll give him another shot. So I go back again. I get to that level again. Yeah. Flop again. Uh-huh. But then I finally pulled a good hand. Um, a lot of times I was going up at one o'clock in the morning at the in the belly room at the comedy store, uh-huh. and that's a, really? yeah, it wasn't nobody there. The last time it was on Mother's Day, it was one o'clock in the morning, and it was seven people in the audience, yeah. and the, uh, there was seven people waiting to go on. So I can't do a real good set in front of these people, so I flopped again. Yeah. But the last time it was my slide was at eight a.m. The yeah. determinants not eight a.m. eight p.m. at the la- at the Laugh Factory in L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 8 p.m. at the Laugh Factory is a okay. good slot, it's right? You tell me, yeah. L.A. I, 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 8 p.m. I, that's the prime. Mean, that's, that's prime. Sl- that's prime time. <laughs> <laughs> that's prime time. It ain't even a late show, which would have still been fine. Had you got the 10 p.m. slot, you'd been fine too. Yeah. What you don't want is 6 p.m. and you don't course, want you 1 a.m. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah. You won't want them prime time. 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Even around 11, you'll be okay. They might not be too tired. 12, you really. Hoping for you know what I'm saying? you're on mm-hmm. a prayer for sure. So even at seven, because people might not have been there. So around eight, eight, nine, ten, ten thirty, you good. So I pulled a good slot. I'm at I'm at about eight, eight thirty, which means the crowd is warmed up to even too. Yeah. I ain't even first at eight. I go on smash. Soon as I got down, I text my manager and my agent. I said we're going to Montreal. Right, right. Away, just I just knew it. I knew then, and they don't even decide till two months later. Yeah, like I did that shit in April. They they let you know in June, and then you can't even announce it to July. So. I texted him. I said, "We well, we got Montreal." I knew it was. Th- I you knew just, it was right. Had, yeah, you felt it. You felt that. Crush. Text my girl and told her too. Yeah. And and I was right. They called and said I had it. And That's then awesome. when did that? And some stuff sprung from that too. But I, I mean, I, Montreal is always going to be what Montreal was. They, I know Joe Rogan talks about it a little bit. He goes, "You will never get those deals that they were yeah, giving in the nineties. But who no. who wants those deals? I, I, I mean, those deals were great, but a lot of those guys fizzled out. That even got yeah. those deals. What were so. the deals? There was oh, a time you can. where you could get like a hundred uh, or a more. Deal yeah, absolutely. Right yeah. Right the like They'll see you in Montreal. You go on Montreal stage and do seven minutes. They'll, you, as soon as you get down, somebody give you a million bucks. Yeah. No absolutely. Yeah, well, D Ray Davis did them. Um, and D Ray and Corey Holcomb moved to LA with $500,000 deals. Yeah. Kevin Hart got uh, his first deal out of Montreal when yeah. he was like early 2000s. And yeah. Then, oh, yeah. Just, just, uh, just to hold him, lock him in for mm-hmm. a year. End up not even doing anything. Maybe shoot like one episode of a pilot or something. Right, like that. holding deals and stuff like that. They just don't do them no more. Hmm. I think they found out they don't have to. That's what it always is, isn't it? The, people are. Still why are we giving them all this money? Right. <laughs> Where are they gonna go? 
Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah. they'll still be wanting it next year if they, if they get better or find something that's even better. Right. Where's home base for you right now? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I'm on the outskirts of Dallas, right in on North Richmond Hills. Yeah, right? On, on the ridge. Yeah. <laughs> With my big dog and my girl. That's awesome. My little girls. That's I got a Tibetan dog. Mastiff. Anybody seen that big dog on Facebook? Oh, yeah. That big ass dog with a big chain and shit, everybody with the fluffy. Yeah, the big hair? Yeah, I gotta show you. How much is it weigh? How big is it? It's about 160. Yeah. 160? I weigh like 175. Yeah. I'm a grown man. Those dogs, those yeah, those are those ones where people like they, they oh, stand yeah. up and yeah, that's insane. That's like Beethoven and an orangutan. What's the name? His name is Bolshoi. Yeah, oh, that's my wow. puppy. Yeah. That's him. So this is that's him at seven months. Yeah. Um, you saw my lion backpack? Yeah. That's where I got the lion backpack. Okay. Yeah. Yesterday. So this is him at seven months. And we don't even live here no more, right? Yeah. This was the apartment. And this is when I knew I need to buy rent when he first got there. Hit play on that. Hit play. Holy that's my girl. Hit play. Cow. Oh, oh, okay. Here, I, think me. I, think I thought you said he was hitting play. Oh, look at that. He's thing. playing dead. Oh, my gosh. He's playing dead. He's not really dead. And he's seven he, months old. And is he just a lover or what? Just a oh, yeah. big, big baby? Oh, absolutely. Here you oh, go. I love that. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's stretched out. That's the size of a couch. At that's seven months. He is. That's when he lays on, When he lays on the couch, nobody else lay on him. <laughs> and pictures really never do him justice of how big he is. Yeah. Um, I, I met a couple of St. Bernard's <laughs> once that I tried to take pictures of, and it, I just it just couldn't I couldn't grasp how big they actually were, and yeah. they were nowhere near as oh, big as this yeah, thing I right here. I used to watch Beethoven all the time when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. There's a person in this one for a size reference. I mean, it literally looks like a bear just walking, chilling down the road. That's what everybody says. That's it's amazing. Crazy. It looks like dragging around the floor. Somebody's about to blow their back out. You know? no, just walking I down. I missed my dogs. I had, I had, I had two pit bulls and an American bulldog. It's like a water buffalo now. Yeah. A water buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's He's awesome. We've heard of dogs like that. He's Probably a sway, a, sway a war. Fuck, you got any cleanup over there? No, there's no cleanup. No I mean, cleanup? we made a lot of claims that all checked out. Yeah, everyone should definitely go out and check Atlanta. Check out Robert's episode. Uh, what episode is that on, on there? Episode five. Episode we'll watch five, them all. Season two. Watch them all, but yeah, we'll check his out for sure yeah. because he's number three actor out there. Right? New, new, yeah. what is it? It's not new, new character. Actor, it's yeah. New character. Yeah, new character. Uh, you're going to love it. Uh, and and what, what kind of social media do you got out there for these guys? Uh, social media. I'm at Robert Powell 3 on Instagram, Twitter. Snapchat, Facebook, um, ChristianMingle.com. I'm on everything. It's yeah. at Robert Powell 3. Robert Powell and the numeral 3 behind it. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Thanks no, thank you Thanks for bringing the rain from the East Coast. You're welcome. That's right. And, uh, yeah, everybody have a great night. Old Arroyo Entertainment. Record, mix, and master your work in a private studio in Central Phoenix, near Camelback and Central, south of Uptown Plaza, near the light rail station. And you know they also do photography for your events, wedding, and portraits. Check them out online at oldarroyoentertainment.com. That's Old Arroyo, A-R-R-O-Y-O, entertainment.com. Big Pine Comedy Festival, September 19th to 22nd in downtown Flagstaff, Arizona. Check us out online at bigpinecomedyfestival.com.